coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Kind of like an Irish, uh, Polish mother with a uh, Sicilian father, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, definitely different flavors there, different Mm -hmm. dynamics and I'm uh, the one and the only, so I'm the, you know, the first, worst, and the best, and, uh, you know, <laughs> they had to take turns with me, and I'm not going to lie, I've heard I was a handful, so, uh, you know. Just before we started this episode recording, had lunch at the Birch and Vine. Did. Yes, you guys We're did. We're going to do a review right here. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's chopping block right now. Go. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to. But you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is Lee Aquino, the executive chef from the Birch and Vine in downtown St. Pete. When the Birch and Vine opened in 2013, they were my number one personal favorite St. Pete restaurant. Things have changed and evolved over the years and Chef Lee's unique culinary creations has them fast moving back towards the top of my list. Our musical guest today is the band Speakeasy with their new EP, Bloom. We'll have Brendan Porter and Eric Yoder from the band. We have a great show, so, so stick, stick around. around. Have you been to Pacific Counter? It is one of the newest fast casual concepts located on one of the fastest growing blocks in St. Pete, the 600 block of Central Avenue. They offer build your own bowls, burritos, or salads with a variety of the freshest bases, toppings, and sauces to satisfy anyone's craving and put you in charge. There are actually 6,432,189 combinations possible. Overwhelmed by build your own? I know that I sometimes am. Well, you can also choose from their counter creations menu already picked for you. The first couple of times we ate there, that's exactly what I did. Then I decided to get adventurous. For bases, they offer sushi rice, brown rice, noodles, or greens. Sushi rice seems to be the norm, but I'm not a big rice person, so I finally tried the noodles, and to say I fell in love is an understatement. They are actually sweet potato noodles, I found out later, and I have no idea how they make them seem like rice noodles. I added fresh tuna and salmon, my choice of toppings and a sauce, which I didn't even need because the bowl was so good without it. I told Kevin I could eat this every day and I would probably lose weight and love it at the same time. If you haven't checked out Pacific Counter, I would highly recommend it. They are open for lunch and dinner, have a variety of unique alcoholic and non-alcoholic drink options, and they have the beloved Dole Whip. Find your fresh at Pacific Counter. Pacific Counter is located at 660 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. They are open 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sunday through Thursday and 11 a.m. to midnight on Friday and Saturday. 
Okay, Kevin, now it's time for you to answer the Fast Five Foodies questions. Are you ready? Yes. What's your favorite food? Everything on the menu at Salty J's, especially the Toss Big Blue, which is basically a giant hamburger salad with a ton of blue cheese. The buffalo chicken salad is really awesome. And I love their tacos, especially the uh, Placido Bio tacos and the Sweet Thai taco. Also, if you like burgers, the Big Tex Burger is a nice big monster one. just want to shove that whole thing in my face. And then the, the Big J's Loaded Sirloin Philly. You love that one. Yes, I do love that one. It's so good. And Mrs. Salty's favorite massive hot dog. It is huge. It's a freaking half pound and literally as big as your head. Yes. So what's your least favorite food? Anything that's not from Salty J's. <laughs> Goofhead. What's your favorite restaurant in St. Pete? Uh, duh. Salt or pepper? Salt. EJ's. And can you cook? Yes, but I'm not cooking anymore. I just go to Salty J's now. <laughs> Salty J's is on 4th Street North in the 50s, specifically 5625 4th Street North. Let's get salty. Thank you for listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Kevin Godby, with my co-host, downtown Lori Brown. And our guest today is from downtown St. Pete, the Birch and Vine, which is a wonderful restaurant inside the Birchwood Hotel. Please welcome Lee Aquino. Welcome e- to the show, Lee. Executive chef. Hey, hey yeah. yeah. Did I neglect to say that? You did. I Then, to make up for it, executive chef extraordinaire. <laughs> Good afternoon, guys. How are we doing today? We're doing Welcome. great. We, we just had lunch at the Birch and Vine, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but we want to learn a little bit more about you first. Became a chef in Jacksonville, Florida. It was lucky enough to surround myself with some uh, very extraordinary, dynamic uh, chefs at the time, and uh, I found a way to put myself through uh, culinary school while working through the American, uh, excuse me, the American Culinary Federation using the apprenticeship out of St. Augustine and uh, use that to my advantage and definitely share that with others uh, like-minded like myself that uh, were in the same situation where we were working uh, extraordinarily amounts of uh, hours in a week and we wanted to progress ourselves in our community and uh, we were lucky enough to uh, reactivate that in that area and that turned out to be pretty beneficial for us. So. Nice. Is that where you were, grew up? Uh, yeah, I did a bunch of time in Jacksonville, if you will. Uh, that's where I became a chef. Uh, I'd say ten plus years. Uh, you know, various uh, country clubs and hotels, and you know, bigger facets where uh, a lot more pieces move at uh, multiple times is you know where where I like. You know, mm-hmm. so you're a good juggler. Yes, uh, love <laughs> juggling. Love juggling. So when you were a kid, mm-hmm. did you? think you would ever end up in this profession did you have some other thing in mind that you thought you might want to do or yeah you know when you're younger uh man anything anything's the world to you so uh my dad is actually an old italian baker and uh that's how he put himself through school back in uh, cleveland ohio uh he was an immigrant uh he had to raise his family uh, whenever he was maybe teens or whatnot and had to put himself through school let alone them he got linked up with a Sicilian family, and uh, they owned a bakery in Cleveland. He ended up putting himself through there, learning all the techniques, and that's that's like the old stuff. That's like the wood fire ovens, the, the, the right, great right. techniques that never die. 
And uh, he ended up showing me a couple things here and there, but he hasn't shown me all of his tricks up his sleeve. So, <laughs> you know, I kind of mirrored that later on in life. So it was kind of uh, kind of cool how that progressed. Mm-hmm. So you told us previously that you've had a lot of experience in the uh, like the corporate type restaurant world, like at uh, resorts and whatnot, and that's a little mm-hmm. bit different than a boutique restaurant sure uh you know like i said earlier i'm i do great because uh i don't know sometimes i'm a spaz you're such a spaz and uh, i just do well with uh many pieces going on at once and i think that you know if there's something that offers you somewhat a structure whether it was me opening a textbook or me learning how to make a hollandaise with five other guys telling me five different ways to do it i'm gonna take advantage of uh each little individual snippet that i can and uh kind of like base it and structure myself because I'm definitely going to share it with the people that I'm surrounding with myself nowadays. Mm-hmm. So Right. Mm-hmm. Where were you actually born? I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, and mm-hmm. uh, my mother is a nurse. She was a cardiac nurse at the Cleveland Clinic for around 20 years, mm-hmm. and uh, my father was in a hospital administration at that time. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, a uh, Michigan alumni. She's like an Ohio State fan, and you know, they're old Catholics, and it's, you know, they're a, they're a fun bunch, let me tell you those too. But they did great raising me, uh, feeding me throughout these years, showing me some different types of uh, cuisine between, you know, uh, like a kind of like an Irish, uh, Polish mother with a, uh, a Sicilian father, you know, mm-hmm. uh, definitely different flavors there, different mm-hmm. dynamics. And I'm uh, the one and the only, so I'm the, you know, the first, worst, and the best, and, uh, you know, <laughs> they had to take turns with me, and I'm not going to lie, I've, I've heard I was a handful, so, uh, you know, <laughs> they were having me roll out the dough for pizza night, they were having me, you know, go grocery shopping with them, so I got that taste at a young age, you know, kind of experiencing things, and then surrounding yourself with, uh, you know, uh, other families in the neighborhoods as well, and seeing, you know, back in the day, that's like what you guys did, you knew right, what everybody right. did, you know, and you had like these weekend uh dinners and brunches and you know the guys made wine and the wives got together and then the kids just ran amok and mm-hmm. you know i kind of uh i saw that and it was like you know creating your own kitchen table it mm-hmm. was really nice so very cool so yeah. you helped make pizza at home when you were a kid yep square pizzas square, square. Cool. that's what i call them square pizzas i never knew why we couldn't make round ones like everybody else <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's kind of harder you know to make the square pizza but i, I figured it out after a while you know so is it a Cleveland thing or an Aquino thing? I think it's an Aquino thing because uh, the Aquino <laughs> people were just like, you know, we were just too cheap to go buy a, a circular pan. <laughs> 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 we're going to make do with cookie pans or whatever we had. So, <laughs> Do you remember any of the first stuff that you cooked when you were a kid? Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, you know, making doughs with my father, uh, with my mother, kind of uh, going to the store with her, helping her kind of uh, measure things out. Uh, she did a little bit of baking here and there, you know, the sweet stuff. And, you know, kids like to, like, you know, scrape the bowl and then do the dishes right, and what right. have you. And, uh, you know, it was it was good because they always took turns with me. So, you know, one would be working a crazy shift and the other one would be staying home with me or vice versa. And uh, they just felt, I think, that it kept me uh, engaged at the same time. Because, you know, at the same time, uh, when you're that old or that young, uh, you're going to have your friends over and... You know, they're going to they're going to raid your pantry, I'm sure. So kind of <laughs> I'm sure my parents were just like giving them the decoy treats, you know, right, so right. they wouldn't take the good stuff. <laughs> Do you have any good stories from culinary school? Oh, man. Yeah. Too many of them. You know, <laughs> uh, doing the apprenticeship, I was only there uh, once a week. So on my day off, I would drive from Jacksonville to uh, St. Augustine 
And, uh, you know, with that uh, school in St. Augustine, that was uh, the national hub for the American Car uh, Culinary Federation, and they had uh, partnerships with the Navy. So every two weeks, we'd have, like, a new Navy class. They were pretty reserved at first, but, you know, they just couldn't wait to get off uh, onto land and go crazy. So, you know, they would ask me, like, where to go, what to do. And uh, after we got done doing what we had to, uh, you know, if it was, like, ice carvings or uh, some other type of garmage or what have you, uh, you know, I might have been on the beach with them after class or, you know, we might have <laughs> skipped class that day and just kind of, you know, bounced around. So it's a beautiful town. It is a little so. bit of day drinking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. A little bit here and there. <laughs> it's tough. They get in more trouble than I do. I was on my own uh, tab, so to speak. They're, you know, they were with the military. You, so right, we're right, the right. good one. Yeah. <laughs> this is on you guys, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So when did you move from Cleveland to Jacksonville? Okay, so uh, let's see, Cleveland and Jacksonville. Uh, we did, uh, when I was younger, we did uh, from Cleveland to Toledo. So that was like mid-90s, and that was for healthcare with my, uh, my parents and uh, their career. And then from Toledo to Jacksonville, uh, outside of Jacksonville is actually where we ended up, this beautiful little island called Amelia Island, Fernandina mm -hmm. Beach. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's actually where I went to high school, a little gem out there right by Georgia. And uh, from there, I just uh, bounced right over, uh, right to Jacksonville, because it was just far enough away mm -hmm. and just close enough. I got some stuff accomplished, believe it or not, which was great. And I think my parents are proud of me after all those years of bouncing around and doing mm -hmm. crazy things. So, uh, are they still in Amelia Island? They are. They yeah. are. And it's great to go back. And uh, I recommend anybody go back there and just uh, taste that little town as much as you can. You know, it's, it's got great influences out there, so... Next time we get up there, we'll have to go visit Amelia Island. Yeah, we just got back from a Jacksonville trip where you gave us some recommendations. It was a short trip, so we couldn't, we didn't really have the opportunity to check out most of them. One of them, Black Sheep, we did check out that you recommended. Yeah. It was yeah. great. And then Ooh. also Picasso's for Italian food. Picasso's Pizzeria, I believe is the actual name. Yeah. I, have you ever been there? Mm -mm, no, I hadn't. We actually found a Facebook group that was, Kevin did. I, I usually find all this stuff, but I give Kevin credit for this. He found a Facebook group very similar to ours. I mean, oh. but for very Jacksonville, similar. Of okay. I haven't seen one in any other city we have gone to that was almost identical. Interesting. So we joined the group and um, asked for recommendations for dinner on Sunday night, which our, was our last night there, and they recommended this little place called Picasso's. And it was really a hole in the wall. It was a kind of like a little dive. And it was a total dive. But yeah. the funny thing is, the food photos that we saw in this Facebook group, I'm like, oh, shoot, I better wear my jacket tonight. Yeah, because mm. they jacket. looked absolutely incredible. Okay. People are looking All at me right. like, where are you from, boy? We don't take kindly to your types in here. <laughs> yeah, when we got there, <laughs> yeah. it's a Sunday at like 6.30, and the line's out the door with a 30 to 40 minute wait. I oh, mean, wow. and this tiny little place. But the, you know, the, the point I want to make, That's though, awesome. is I never... I never had a clue that Jacksonville had such great restaurants and cuisine. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. been really progressive. I mean, geez, in the last just alone 10 years, I mean, there's been a great movement in uh, Jacksonville, let alone St. Augustine. I mean, uh, if once they combine their powers together and they get some kind of great event going on, mm -hmm. uh, there's just great to see. Like, I'm almost, I don't know, seven to eight years removed out of there, but I still know the names and I still know the locations and the alliances and it's great to see that people are still out there getting together and putting down some good food. And, you know, this whole spider web branching out thing is uh, definitely cool. So maybe we can have a, an interstate rivalry or something. <laughs> on, on, you know. Right. Yeah. I'd yeah. Love, to, love to go against them again. So, <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break and then come back and get into some of the details of the delicious food at the Birch and Vine. We will be right back. Hey, Candace, have you heard of Club Saver? No, I haven't. Sounds yummy. 
<laughs> yeah, Saver, right, yeah. But also Saver by like saving money on food. Ooh. Uh, Clubsaver.com is the website you can check out later when you want. But what's so cool is it's for a small monthly fee. There's a huge list of restaurants all over St. Pete, the beaches, Clearwater, and Palm Harbor. And you get half off of entrees and drinks. Half off? That's yeah. huge. Yeah. Like not just wine and beer, but booze too. That's awesome. Which that, that works for me and Laura, you know. Well, how do, <laughs> I can imagine. Well, how do you sign up for it? It's easy. You just go to clubsaver.com, tell them St. Pete Foodie sent you, and you'll see the huge list of restaurants on there and just start using it. That, how have I not used it so far? I this know. is awesome. We have to use it with all the food we eat. Well, I was thinking I go out to eat so often, I might as well yeah. save a bunch of money. And tell all your girlfriends too. Cheers. Go to clubsaver.com and use the referral code St. Pete Foodies. I must admit, when Booyah Ramen opened nearly two and a half years ago, I wasn't really all that excited. I really couldn't understand how a restaurant could survive serving just ramen. Boy, was I ever wrong. Of course, all I really knew about ramen was the packaged grocery store noodles that I ate on for really cheap in college. I did not understand that ramen is really a thing, a big thing. Kevin is the lover of all things soup in our household, and he was determined to introduce me. I'm so thankful he did. The broth has a complexity that you can't understand until you try it. It has to cook for hours and hours and for some nearly 24 hours to obtain all of the complex layers. But Booyah isn't just about ramen. It is a hip, upbeat environment meant for unwinding and socializing with housecrafted cocktails, a large selection of Japanese whiskey and izakaya too. Buya is located at 911 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete and is open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Do ya, Booyah? One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number no. 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number no. 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. Engine, engine nine. Can you get me back on time? We are back! We are back! We are back on the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast with executive chef Lee Aquino from the Birch and Vine in downtown St. Pete. And we actually also, just before we started this episode recording, had lunch at the Birch we and did. Vine. Yes, you guys did. We're going to do, do a review right here. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's chopping block right now. Go. Well, before we go into that, why don't you tell us uh, when you came over to the Birch and Vine, a little bit of background history and what's been going on there? Okay. Right before I came to the Birch and Vine, I was with the uh, Tampa Yacht and Country Club for about five, five and a half years. And a uh, great venue over there, going through a lot of awesome uh, structural changes. You know, South Tampa, they're uh, really renovating a lot of stuff down there with the Yacht Club. And um, I felt that it was time to spread my wings. You know, it was about five years and uh, I had some uh, a great mentor while I was there. We started these uh, pop-ups on our own with my partner Cassie and uh, we felt like St. Petersburg was the place we wanted to be Mm -hmm. especially for the concept of Pith and Pally and Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, I had a conversation reluctantly with the owner of the Birchwood, Chuck Prather, and uh, it, it kind of all fell into place some weird way. So, yeah, it worked out pretty well. Nice. So yeah. you've been there now for how long? A year and a half. Nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They need you there. It's a good fit. You know, uh, when something has a puzzle piece and you just think it's that right fit for the right time, you know, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. when it goes. So, you know, my puzzle piece was over there across the bay and uh the same piece brought it on over to here and i think we're doing uh some pretty fabulous things here so nice yeah, yeah that's cool so we had lunch mm-hmm. i decided on the cuban sandwich oh because yeah. it it's unique and i have to admit that i do have an appreciation for traditional recipes and things but at the same time, I totally love creativity and uniqueness mm-hmm. just as much. You know, the Cuban sandwich, should we have salami on this or not have salami? A lot of people don't even know about the, the traditional Cuban sandwich was pork, ham, and salami. But then in Miami, they don't do salami. Some places here don't do salami. Neither do you. You didn't right. do ham either. Right. You kind of did. So there's pork mm-hmm. and chorizo. And I'm thinking, okay, well, the chorizo could kind of be like the ham and the salami combined. But mm-hmm. it was pork belly, right? Pork belly. Yeah, there's um, like a mojo pork belly that we do in-house, and then also uh, the the beautiful chorizo in there. And there's always the thing about like lettuce and tomato in a Cuban. I'm not a fan of that. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's, that's definitely not, not traditional. Traditional. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. But I have had it like that before at the place in Key West where they do the sunset. And I can't remember the name of it now. I think it's like Don Pepe or something like that. Theirs is pretty good. You just you just have to think of it as like it's more like a sub than sub, a Cuban yeah, sandwich. Right, right. Yeah, right, right. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's unique and dynamic. So. Right. And there's a pickle in there. Uh, mm-hmm. house, house, house pickles. We do like a Dijonese aioli in there. And uh, the Gruyere cheese just to glue it all together on a yeah. Cuban loaf. So mm-hmm. I actually did like it, uh, but I had to warm up to it after a few bites. But that's normal. Like anything you're tasting, even if you, if you are trying a wine... You don't mm-hmm. take a sip and decide. Right. You should at least have a glass, if not the whole bottle. Well, right. I have. I have <laughs> decided on one sip at well, one point. Well, some, wine. If, if something's... Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe if it's really bad or really good or something, too. Oh, yeah. Sure. Especially the really bad. But like, oh. but like the yeah. first couple of bites, <laughs> I, I guess I, I didn't have everything really Glued combined together sure. yet. But once I got like to about the middle of the first half, I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. this worked. Yeah. Uh, a little salty, a little sweet, a little tangy with the pickle. You know, everybody loves their Cuban sandwiches, no matter if you're in Miami, Tampa, whoever you are, wherever you are. Uh, that's just, you know, I guess our unique spin on it. It's just something that's, that we can relate to people, but we can just throw our own into it. So I'm going to call it one of the best non-traditional Cuban sandwiches in St. Pete. How's that? All right. Cool. Nice. Yeah, there we go. I, and I decided on the uh, actual entree feature of the day, I think is what it's called. Yes. And that was, you... you Tell them what was in it, because it was really good. Okay. It's, a, <laughs> it's like a hot and a cold, so uh, like a fire and ice, if you will. Uh, the set of it, the bottom of it, happened to be like a black bean polenta. Mm-hmm. And then we made a little hole in the plate with that, or the bowl, and then did a, a little rendition of a, a crab salad with uh, cucumbers, tomatoes. We had avocado in there, uh, a little bit of segments of grapefruit, and a uh, cucumber kind of spiced jalapeno uh, vinaigrette kind of marinated all the way around there. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a little cold salad on top, a little warm polenta on the bottom there. And then you can kind of like move it around however you like. And, uh, you know. and there was sliced jalapeno on there. there was My mouth bit. was on fire was at one point. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was great. It's I good? loved okay. it because I love yeah. ha- I love that. I love the jalapeno and then having the sure. it had great amounts of 
salt, fat, acid, and heat. It was really good. Good, yeah. yeah I enjoyed uh, it. You know, just for a week long, uh, you know, we like to get specials out there just like anybody else in the restaurant industry. And, uh, you know, we just like to kind of provoke palates even at lunch. Why mm-hmm. not, man? Why not? Right. And I got to tell you something before we forget, too. The cauliflower. Oh, what yeah, was it? yeah, yeah. D- dirty cauliflower? Yeah. Oh, the cocoa cauliflower. Yeah, it's like a dirty rendition. Not the, not the cocoa. Not the, the cocoa? The dirty. It was called dirty cauliflower. So there's one on the menu that says it's cocoa cauliflower. Mm-hmm. And one that says it's dirty Oh, the dirty, dirty rice. Cal- yes. Yes, yes. Dirty cal- Sorry. Yeah. But it wasn't rice. Right, no. It's just, uh, we call it cauliflower <laughs> rice. Yeah, we just box grate it down so it's rice size and then... Uh, Heat it up, kind of like you have to walk fry it really, really hot to get it going. And then uh, we lock it in with a little bit of chorizo vin- uh, velouté in there mm-hmm. and just give that little spice to it. But then yeah, maybe, it's Maybe we side. had the wrong thing. Maybe you had the cocoa one because this was not riced. No? It was chunks no, it of was cauliflower. Like the, it was the flowers. With okay. bacon bits in there. Oh, yeah. So that's our other cauliflower. We have cauliflower soup. We have cauliflower everything right <laughs> there. Yeah. So that's a cocoa cauliflower with uh, the pork belly, a little bit of balsamic reduction, uh, almond right there. And, you know, it can be healthy and not so healthy at the same time. You know? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin right. said he goes. Yeah, this isn't rice, so we got the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was really that. good. Yeah. We'll come so back in and we'll get you the right stuff. It's there. okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that was delicious. So cool. definitely check out the cauliflower section of the menu. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and we're we're coming back for dinner on Saturday with yes. a couple friends of ours. Yes, yes. So we're looking at the menu, and the first thing that really caught my eye was scallops and grits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why not? Uh, you know, everybody does their shrimp and grits. We just do. Uh, a version of scallop and grits, U10 scallops, uh, beautifully seared with a little miso glaze on the top. And uh, we make uh, our, uh, like, Nora Mills, real rustic style grit cakes and uh, flash them so they're beautiful all the mm-hmm. way out and then gooey in the inside. And you have a little bit of mixture of uh, parsnip and carrot spiced with, uh, you know, peppercorn spiced honey. So uh, you get a little bit of everything right yeah. there. Oh, and you don't so, s- it, so it's scallops with grit cakes. Mm-hmm. So it's not an actual bowl with, sure. with shri- like, exactly. sca- like shrimp and grits. Right. Okay. I was going to say, you don't see that too often around here. The right. Grit cakes. Mm-hmm. Right. I think Metro Diner does that. And that was all I've seen in St. Pete. And then there was a place in Tampa that we saw grit cakes. That's about it. Yeah. Right. So that's that's a good possibility for me. When the chorizo, how, what, how do you say it? Velo? Velute? The velute, yeah. What is that? Uh, it is a classic sauce. So, uh, you know, I'm taking the French technique of a velute and taking uh, something like a, a Spanish chorizo and making a, a beautiful, stable sauce. And uh, it, it's, it really is good. I mean, it, the and balance there are, are There's uh, pieces of chorizo in there, though, too, right? We emulsify all the way down and oh, we okay. strain. So it's not chunky, too, per se. But uh, you'll definitely get the, uh, the point across with it right there. It really mm-hmm. accents it a lot. Kind of brings it all together. So. And I think there was a lamb bolognese, and I bet you that's what Lori's looking at. Yes. The only <laughs> thing that, that off puts me, because I'm not a huge cinnamon fan, is the touch of cinna- cinnamon. Just a touch. Just a <laughs> touch. He's giving me a look, just so you guys know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just finding so more and more people are allergic to cinnamon I'm not lately. allergic. Oh, I'm not allergic. So I- Tigers love pepper. They hate cinnamon. Put that on the menu there, because like, it was like two weeks span. Uh, like All these people popped up around me that said they were allergic to cinnamon, and I was like, okay, and we put a little cinnamon in there. So, so are you saying that you didn't originally list that as an ingredient, but now you do in right. case somebody's just allergic? Just in case, yeah, just to get the yeah, point that, across there. That, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm guessing that most likely if somebody just didn't read the menu and tasted it, mm-hmm. like Lori's... Got a fi- elite, well, with her, it's a 50-50 shot. With most people, 90% chance they would have no idea there's cinnamon in it. Right. Sure. And 
why list it and give away one of those secrets? But now you have to because pe- suddenly, suddenly there's an allergy to cinnamon. I've never heard cinnamon. of an allergy to cinnamon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bullshit. Yeah. Uh, really? Somebody that we work with actually has an allergy to cinnamon. Oh. Two people actually. Yeah. Now Two that I think people? Of it. Yeah. Wow. All in one week, man. Popped up on me. So. What happens to them? Uh, not good things, I suppose. Um, <laughs> so we just put that on there. And I mean, there's a lot of ingredients that go into a bolognese. And you think of a bolognese being uh, more like a winter dish. Yeah. But uh, that dish crushes it on the menu oh, right now in the hot time. Uh, I love bolognese. I'll order it any time of year. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my boss's favorite dishes. And uh, we were like, okay, we're, we're going to think about putting it on. Uh, let's just put a little twist on it. And, you know, it, it's doing great. So. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. I'm also looking at the cottage pie. Oh, yes, the cottage pie. So we're studded with a little bit of candied bacon and gorgonzola cheese. Topped with uh, like a loose uh, potato uh, palm puree, if you will, and uh, chocolate cherry demi-gloss. Yeah. And whatever you do, don't call it meatloaf. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So I'm assuming it looks like meatloaf because we were does. talking about how you go back and forth on what to call it. Sure, we do go back and forth. I like that. But uh, you know, we top it with a little bit of uh, fried greens and uh, little mini uh, onion rings. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like your, uh, you know, your steak, your steak meal all in one little uh, bowl there. So it oh. works out pretty well. And you guys have a variety of steaks available. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. They're all the same price. Yeah, I noticed. I'm like, yeah. all the steaks are exactly the same that, price. I've never that seen way, that before. That, yeah. that way your choice cannot be influenced by the price. Exactly. Yes, we were... Uh, Brilliant. Yeah, we, we were <laughs> racking our heads with this back and forth and, you know, what's selling, what's not selling, where is the market on this and what vendor, yada, yada. And we're like, okay, with the information we have, I think uh, it's safe to say just across the board, give that choice paradox out of here. Right. Just, just right. let them have it, man. So what is, what is your top selling cut? Well, I mean... Uh, you have a Del Monaco, you have mm-hmm. a filet, and you have a New York strip. Exactly. Uh, all of them are $38. Mm-hmm. The only variable is the size. Yes, and yeah. the sets that will come with them. So mm-hmm. they can pick their cuts, and then obviously... Oh, that's uh, what the sets are down at the bottom. I absolutely. saw that, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's not uncommon. People just come in for like a steak and a salad, and that's fine. Uh, you know, if they want to go Oscar style, they can go for that. If, uh, we have a couple other sets for them mm-hmm. uh, that'll work. And then sometimes people just pull an audible and, you know... Can I have this? Can I have that? And we're like, absolutely. Let's do it. Why not? Just give us a minute and we'll get it together for you. No worries. What is the top selling cut then over overall? Uh, it we- happens to be the filet. Is it really? Yeah, it really <laughs> is. I mean, me. Oof, I'm fat. a Delmonico ribeye yeah, person all day long. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Fat flavor me all yeah. the way, man. I'm not scared by that. So, Mm-mm. But, you know, a good filet can go uh, a long way, you know, with the right preparations on things, too. If it has a good set with it or what have you, I'll, I'll definitely order a filet, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I just want a filet. Is there anything wrong with that? I just want to be loved. Is that so wrong? Oh, jeez. <laughs> and there's always a fresh catch of the day yes. as well. Yes. We uh, we keep that rotating. Uh, we just try to keep uh, things exciting, a little bit seasonal, kind of uh, test the waters on maybe things that might come to fruition later on the menu. Mm-hmm. And in case anybody that doesn't know, the Birch and Vine is located inside of the boutique hotel, the Birchwood. Yes, sir. So I, I'm only mentioning that because I want to bring up that also the atmosphere. It's a nice atmosphere. on, And it can go from, I mean, I don't want to scare people away by saying elegant, but you can fit in just fine there in a jacket and tie or in just in a, in a Tommy Bahama shirt. You're fine. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, right. it, yeah. It's, it's relaxed. But one of the things that I like about it is I do like to get dressed up when I go out to dinner. And sometimes I walk into a place and people are looking at me like, dude, 
this is Florida. Why are you wearing a jacket and tie? <laughs> but I, so I feel like I fit in better without a tire there. Oh but, yeah, but it's not required, of course. And there's sure. a there's a great lounge we should mention as well. Yes, the, the Lantern, Lantern Lane. Lane. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Beautiful, beautiful place to just hang out, have some drinks. There's nice couch areas with mm-hmm. tables, and then the actual bar, which I love to sit at. We actually go there quite a bit mm-hmm. for cocktails. Yeah. And there's great people watching. Yes. Inside and out. Oh, absolutely. Usually you have to be outside or be able to see outside for great people watching in most places on Beach Drive, but inside you have good people watching as well. Oh, and yeah. Then, we have the elevated terrace out there. And if you mm-hmm. can get up there, there's uh, like three or four tables. Uh, you're kind of like up and out of the way. And then mm-hmm. you can yeah, people yeah. watch over uh, Yeah, We've had thousands. brunch there many times. Yeah, and you're, ki- you're kind of hidden, so it's almost like voyeur. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then um, we must mention also upstairs is yes. the canopy, which mm. of course is a must take place for any out of town visitors for sure because yes. of the views. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. But different menu up there, I believe. Correct? Oh, yeah, completely yeah. different. Uh, you know, it's a whole different kitchen up there as well, different staff. Uh, you know, that's where I used to take people when I would bring them into town mm-hmm. and uh, show them up there, show them the whole town. Yeah. And luckily enough, uh, a couple of years later, here I am. Yeah, that's right. So it all came around. So it worked out pretty well there. But uh, beautiful view up there. We also have the banquet facility on level four that can hold mm-hmm. up to about 200, 250 people. Right. So we have a couple of things going on at all you, times. So, you do. Yeah. Okay, Lee, are you ready for the lightning round? All right, let's do this. Yes. <clears throat> Olive oil or butter? Butter. Lemon or lime? Lemon. Pickles, dill or sweet? No dill. <laughs> sweet, really? Yeah, I, just, I have a thing for dill. I can't do it. Okay. Oh, I, I, do it. I still like I it anyway. <laughs> Thai or Indian? Thai, please. Thai, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ranch or blue cheese? Blue cheese. Bacon or sausage? Bacon. Cheddar or Swiss? Swiss. Ketchup or mustard? Mustard. You're doing the whole list. You usually I do know. just five. <laughs> I'm skipping ribeye or filet mignon. She already told us. Gotcha. <laughs> there we go. So, Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. It's the Birch and Vine inside the Birchwood Hotel at 340 Beach Drive in downtown St. Pete. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Lee. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. We will be right back. How many times have you heard a restaurant say that they have healthy food that actually tastes great? I've heard it a lot. But unfortunately, it's usually one or the other and not both until the brass bowl came around. Right. Their food actually is healthy and tastes so darn delicious so good they use organic ingredients and responsibly sourced seafood brass bowl offers gluten-free vegan and carnivorous options there truly is something for everyone you will find imaginative flatbreads bowls and tasty delicious small plates with options like fresh roasted seasonal veggies 24-hour sous vide hanger steak house smoked salmon and free-range chicken breast And up front, they have a cold-pressed juice station and separate menu with juice bowls and elixir shots. It's like two open kitchens in one. Brass Bowl Kitchen and Juicery is really on the cutting edge of the fast, casual culture that is enjoying so much fame these days. Go get bowled over by Brass Bowl. Brass Bowl Kitchen and Juicery is located at 656 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. And you can check them out on the web at BrassBowlKitchen.com. Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast.
Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. For our music segment today, we have two of the members of the band Speak Easy. We'll talk to Brendan Porter, bassist, and Eric Yoder, lead vocals and guitar, about their just-released EP titled Bloom. We'll skip the Fast Five Foodies questions and have an extended interview with Brendan. Welcome, guys. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much yeah. for having us. Thank you so much. So, so you guys have a new EP. Uh, actually, just came out earlier this month. Yes, that's August, correct. Titled Bloom with an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you take out the L, the exclamation point goes better. So it's boom. Blue. Boom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Bloom exclamation point. It's uh, six tracks. And again, you guys don't make it easy for me to pick just one song. And I couldn't. So I picked two. So we have you here this week and next week. Mm-hmm. Two weeks in a row. That's how much we love you guys. So this week we are skipping the Fast Five Foodies questions that we normally do because, Brendan, you already did them. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know what Brendan's answers are, go back to episode 30 from March. So, so I, lo- I lost my role this week because usually I ask those. Right. Oh. So you're going to have to come up with <laughs> other <sorry>. stuff. <laughs> it's okay. Lori's going to have to fly by the seat of her pants on this one. Unlike me, I have notes. So we'll get into the featured song in just a bit, but let's get to know Brendan first. Eric's turns next week. Mm-hmm. You guys, I mean, at least from the sound of your music and how and, and you play live gigs and whatnot, you're obviously extremely professional and talented. But I'm going to ask anyway, do you do this full time or do you also have like a regular job? All four of us have different side gigs, I guess you could call them. I work IT for a mortgage firm. Um, Eric and Kay work at uh, Fresh Kitchen and Betterberg. It's a little restaurant. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we, we know where it's at. Yeah, lovely. Mm-hmm. And um, Jack does landscaping, sometimes on the side, but we dedicate most of our time outside of that to music. And mm-hmm. Cool. Like Great. When did you start playing music? Me, personally, it was um, probably in seventh grade. I started playing guitar, and about a year later, I started picking up bass along with it. And then other instruments kind of came, but I was really inspired by Green Day and Nirvana and all the middle school band. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sort of things. Middle school for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Right. So you, so you started on guitar, ended up on bass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also started on guitar and then ended up on bass as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. But that was that's, that's a different story. We're not interviewing me right now. And it, don't you play five or six string bass? Five string. Five string. Yeah. yeah. And you know I've always played four string bass, standard four mm-hmm. string. And one time picked up a five string thing. Okay, well I can play a guitar. That's got six strings. Yeah, <laughs> I can play bass with four strings. I should be able to play bass with five strings. Right. It's not that easy. It takes about. It took me like a week of trying to get used to mm-hmm. the extra string. And then yeah. if I tried to play on a six string, it's the same thing. But I don't like it. <laughs> it's a strange feeling. It's really weird. Yeah. yeah. So uh, when and how did you become to be in the band? I had known Eric through USF. Uh, we were the first day of my classes. He was one of the first people I met, and we had the musicians club. We had started this uh, club on campus for musicians to come and talk to one another and play some music and stuff. And um, Eric had known Kay the year previous. He's Our both of them are yeah, mm-hmm. both of them are a year ahead of um, Jack and I, and they had played together a little bit. And Kay had had the idea of starting a band and um eric was a good point of contact for him and then eric needed a bassist as well so 
I jumped in like a week after and the three of us started working there pretty regularly since then. I remember sending that text. <laughs> Danny, yeah. you want to play in the band? I think you could find it. It'd be really interesting. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Screen capture it and put it in the blog post. Yeah, there it is. So uh, what's your take on the new EP as far as how it fits into Speakeasy's journey as a band? We're very excited about this EP as it goes on and continues to um, get some attention. It's definitely, I'd say, nothing like our first EP. I think we have explored a lot of new sounds, um, a lot of new musical textures and new instruments and different ways of just writing in general. And so there's, I think there's a lot more diversity in this project as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's just, just a lot to And is this your into. third EP? This is our second. Second, okay. So, so what's the meaning of Bloom? All of the songs are roughly interrelated on the basis of each song has something to do with experiencing some sort of relationship growth. Mm-hmm growth with self, growth with others. And Bloom is just kind of a testament to breaking out of the cocoon and uh, after transforming for a while and um, really just being able to express yourself positively. Right. Nice. So today's featured song is Desert Rose. And that one's in the key of G, if I'm correct. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> G and then just C, C major seven. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. And there's a really cool repetitive guitar riff. It's a nice little hook. Mm-hmm. The bass riff pumping on the quarter notes. Yes. For the most part, when you start with some nice little uh, riffs in there. And apologies to the keyboard player and the drummer, but I know guitar and bass the best. But is it? it <laughs> right. But on the keyboards, is he playing a, a Rhodes? He's got a Rhodes sound, I think. He's got okay. Some, right for that one. It's kind of it just. <laughs> it sounds like a Rhodes. But the look it's not on electric. Eric's face of befuddlement. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> electric piano sound. And yeah. this one's about a girl. She keeps you on your toes, and she comes and goes. You said you you guys all collaborated a lot on this one, right? Yeah, on the music on the for music. the most part. Right. I did write most of the lyrics. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the music was much more of a collaborative effort for this one. Nice. And what? So tell us about the lyrics. What do they mean? Uh, Kevin's guessing, so we want to hear. It's what more you about think. like a fantasy. It's not really about like anything real, but mm-hmm. it's kind of just like you know, like that picture perfect relationship or something that seems fleeting in your life day day to day that you kind of would like to have, and mm-hmm. it's just over there. You know, that's kind of what the song's about. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for being here, guys. The website is speakeasyofficial.com, and here's Speakeasy with Desert Rose. Life the wind that comes and goes It's the 
only thing you've ever known Comments from last week's show with uh, Julia Ebrahimi. Don Zerbrick says, Julia is one of the best kept secrets in St. Pete. And he is, but hopefully not for long. Sandy Montgomery says, Rebecca Zapin is terrific. She's at the side door next month. What a talent. We'll check out your podcast. Well, we hope you did and hope you liked it. Listeners, give us a comment wherever you listen or on Facebook and tell us your favorite part of this specific episode or what you thought of the guest interview, and we will mention your name and read your comment on next week's show. New items on stpetersburgfoodies.com include the five best fish spreads in St. Pete, also the five best meatballs in St. Pete. Definitely check those out. Tell us if you agree or not, or if we missed your favorite. We also just published information uh, yesterday on a new event. It's called Savor St. Pete. If you knew about or uh, remember the Clearwater Beach Uncorked event that's been running for seven years. This is by the same people and it's going to replace that. So there's no more Clearwater Beach Uncorked. We now have Saver St. Pete. 
It'll run for two days in North Straub Park in downtown St. Pete on November 2nd and 3rd. You can get all of the info and the link to buy tickets on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Next week on the podcast, we have Andy Salyards from Urban Brew and Barbecue, so be sure to tune in for that. You can email us at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a star rating. We currently have a five-star rating, but with just 17 ratings, so please join in and give us a five-star rating and type a review if you're so inclined. It helps to get the show found and gain new listeners, and we appreciate your support. The St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast can also be found on iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Player FM, and just about any other podcast app in existence that you can find. You can also listen to us on your voice-activated home assistant, such as Apple HomePod, Amazon Echo, and Google Home. This is Pete Pollan from The Galley, and you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guests, Lee Aquino, Brendan Porter, and Eric Yoder. And thanks to our sponsors, Pacific Counter, Salty Jays, The Brass Bowl Kitchen and Juicery, Club Saber, Booyah Ramen, and, and Engine, Engine Number nine. 9. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News, and our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. Uh, what's the old 96er? Oh, that's our world-famous Paul Bunyan's Blue Ox Steak. It is a 96-ounce prime-aged beef steak. And if you or any member of your party orders the old 96er and finishes, everybody eats for free. Ah. <laughs> Is it bad, huh?